Hello one and all and welcome back to NG Meets. It's episode 27 and this week's guests are the fantastic Tiffany and Theo from Rene House. Um, Rene House, for those that don't know, is a community interest company providing support and accommodation for vulnerable adults in the Nottinghamshire area. Um, you may have seen an article uh, with Tiffany and Theo in the Nottingham Post shortly before Christmas about what they do, which is where I heard about them. Uh, I got in touch, uh, had a chat with them, and I went down a couple of weeks ago to their uh, head office in Sherwood Rise to have a chat with them and find out more about what they're doing, why they're doing it, and uh, and just the whole basis around it, and of course how people can support them. It was a fantastic chat. These are such hard-working people. They're so passionate about what they're doing. And... Uh, you know, where they've got to in the last sort of 18 months, two years is pretty incredible, um, as you'll hear in the show. Having started uh, with basically nothing, you know, other than passion uh, and some background knowledge. They went out there, they learned about this, they got around people, spoke to people. Uh, it was very hard work and now they're in a position where they've got currently got two properties, uh, which is providing high quality accommodation for vulnerable vulnerable men uh, in Nottinghamshire great and they're you know they're planning to keep going it was great to talk to them and find out you know more about these two fascinating people and hopefully you'll enjoy this show um, we cover a lot of topics around homelessness and you know the stigma attached to that and the importance of you know offering people support and the right support and you know and how that plays into an importance of sort of knowing what you can and can't offer at the moment so it's a great chat hopefully you enjoy this show and hopefully you checked out last week's episode with the brilliant story storyteller poet uh, Panya Banjoko Um, and then previous to that obviously we had the uh, sports personality of the year unsung hero uh, Kieran Thompson on the show talking about um, his his work and uh, I know from chatting to Tiffany and Theo they they know Kieran um, obviously they're both doing brilliant work in the community so we've got more episodes coming up I'll talk to you about what we've coming up at the end of the episode as ever you can check out everything we've done at ngdigital.podbean.com where you can also follow uh, the show to make sure you get all the newest episodes we are available on iTunes where you can do the usual, you know, uh, like, subscribe, review, etc. Spotify, Podcast Addict and various other podcast apps, whatever you're using, you should be able to get the show. So that's it. And of course, you can find us on social medias and, you know, facebook.com forward slash NG Digital, uh, Twitter's at NG Digital UK. And we're also going to be making use of uh, Instagram moving forward. You won't find anything on there at the moment, but if you go to ng.digital on Instagram, we are going to be making more use of that to get the podcast out there more. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoy this. This is uh, NG Me's episode 27 with Tiffany and Theo from Rene House.
So uh, this evening I'm here with uh, Tiffany Brealy and Theo Brown from uh, Rene House. I think I've pronounced that right. Have I? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, thank you for joining me this evening. You're welcome. And, uh, <laughs> excellent. And uh, I just want to kickstart things off then. If you want to, or one of you want to sort of give us a little background on what Rene House is and what it is that you guys do. Um, so we are a social enterprise that provides supported accommodation for um, basically homeless adults, specifically homeless males at the minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. In a in a nutshell, we we provide housing and support for vulnerable adults. Um, we have houses in Nottingham, and that's that's where we are from. We, um, I was born in St Anne's, Tiff was. Um, broken Brockstow, so we're you know what I mean we're we're Nottingham through and through. We've lived there basically our whole life, so we thought um, start a business um, which we've always wanted to do um, and actually help people and yeah, just using our experiences. So that's what we do. Excellent. So when when exactly was it that you sort of running a house got started or you guys got going? Um, originally uh, February two thousand eighteen. Um, and then, yeah, we set it up August 2018 and got our first property in October okay. 2018. So, um, just a year and a half. Yeah, basically. yeah, a year and a half. So we, when we first decided to fully go for it in February, it took a while to do a load of networking, a load of yeah. um, like research and what we needed to learn and what we needed to know about and going out and just telling people about what we're doing yeah. before we actually then launched and, and decided, yeah, that we went for it. Oh, excellent. And had either of you any background in a sort of, you know, social work and recovery work, helping people and things like that then, or was it sort of a, a just jumping in? So my background is um, sort of health and social care, um, mainly towards the care side with children and adults. Um, but it's more i think once you've helped been in a been in an organization that helps people it's kind of across the board really um we both come from sort of helping people and supporting theo's uh backgrounds like mentoring and coaching so yeah. our skills our skill base is, is is working with people so um but yeah my background predominantly is in the health and social care sector yeah, yeah so i've got experience like I've said working I used to work in a secondary school um for supporting kids with special educational needs and behavioral issues and then my last full-time job was working in a bank so supporting people with their finances and obviously a lot of uh, just a lot to do with money so obviously th those kind of skills come in handy with people when it comes to their budgeting and yeah. different bits like that so yeah we've we've had skills we've had experiences that that lead to skills that that support us in what we're doing but not necessarily directly supporting homeless people yeah um, but we've also had a, a massive interest in in property as well which sort of makes up the two sides of the business which is providing good properties and supporting people so yeah between us we we felt that we had enough we had enough knowledge to go forward excellent i mean it's brilliant to see that sort of initiative so when you were first getting going as you said it, it was a lot to do at the beginning networking and getting out there yeah. and how was that how did you find sort of the reception to that were people really keen or was it quite 
were there a lot of walls to sort of knock down? Depends who you, took, who you spoke to. Mixed bag. Most of the time it was a mixed bag. People were um, sort of saying, oh, that's a great idea. But at the same time, they were like, well, I can't help you with that. That's a great idea, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, it did depend who you, sp- who you spoke to. If you spoke to anyone in the voluntary sector, in the third sector, they were like, oh, yeah, that's great. But, yeah, in in more right. of... When we, when we went to, like, more property events it's it's that thing where a lot of landlords are uncomfortable um letting their houses to people on benefits and people yeah. who you know have um, different issues whether it's drug and alcohol issues or mental health so i think from a landlord's perspective it's a little bit like oh, well, why would you do that if you can just rent to someone who's working and, and get paid and not have to worry about yeah. um do you know what i mean the stereotypes of um, people on benefits i think i think like it's tenants. the unknown though isn't it i think yeah. um the the concept of support accommodation nobody really talks about it especially in, in the property side of things and we were going to these property networking meetings and one that we've been going to for like two three years um, and then we've, we've said, oh, this is what we're going to do. And it was a completely new thing to them. So anything that's new is quite scary. Yeah. It's either exciting or really scary or both. But they were quite like, well, I've never heard of that before. Um, so it was it was a bit, I think in the beginning we were like, is this even a thing? Have we made this up? This <laughs> is not, you know, but it's because there's not a lot being said about it. Um, there's a lot being said about homelessness overall but especially back you know two years ago there wasn't sort of a light shone on the services that are available yeah um and yeah especially how to go about setting it up and setting it up properly um that's been a lot of i don't know i don't know i don't know how it's just (laughs) literally going out and gathering bits of information from everywhere that we could and kind of dis- trying to decipher what's good advice and what's bad advice and seeing, I think this whole idea, the whole idea of wanting to have our own um, sort of organisation comes from the frustration of having loads of different jobs between us and being in that, finding ourselves constantly in that position of, well, if I was in charge, I'd do it this way. And if I was in charge, I'd do it that way. And finally now deciding on a way that we can, create a business that creates value in our community and for other people um and then actually being in a position to make those big calls and make big decisions and saying well we are now in charge so we'll do it this way or we'll do it that way so yeah that's quite interesting because that's not the first time i've heard that Um, recently i spoke to another person um, and they had a similar kind of thing where They've been in working in sort of care home, child, uh, child care homes and things like that mm-hmm. in that industry, and they were so frustrated by the limitations put on mm-hmm. them there and how little control they over had over what they could do that they kind of went the same way and set up their own yeah. organisation mm-hmm. where you know they that sort of this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to do it here, yeah. so I'm going to have to go. I'm, no one else is going to let me. Do, I'm going to have to go and do it. Going to have to yeah. do it myself. And, uh, I mean, it's it's. Like saying, it's interesting when you talk about landlords because that was one of the things I was wondering. Because obviously, like you say, all they can see is the risk. Mm. That's generally how they've got where they are. I think it's we we just started in a difficult climate because, especially in Nottingham, um, if you're a landlord, you're you're winning at the minute. I think in two thousand and nineteen. 
the house prices in Nottingham rose the sixth quickest in the UK or something like yes. that. Or Nottingham saw the sixth biggest house price rises and rents are constantly going up. So landlords at the minute are are in a great position. So it was kind of like, why would they need why would they need us? Why um they're having no issues renting out. Mm. There's way more sir, there's way more demand for yeah. properties than there is supply. Um so it's kind of like, yeah, if you're a landlord, I'm I'm good. I don't I don't necessarily need to to work with a company like us. But um, fortunately, we we were able to create a good relationship with with um, with the landlord, and he gave us our break. Really, we saw um, the value. I think it was more he saw the value in what we were what we were doing. Um, and to be honest, he he was with us from the beginning throughout it as as a friend anyway. So he saw the amount of work we were putting in, the amount of effort we were putting in, um, and he helped us be accountable for what we were doing as yeah. well. So it was it was a nice transition, I think, from him being a soundboard um, and sort of listening to, you know, what we were trying to do and the frustrations and the hardship of it all, and then celebrating our wins with us as well. But, yeah, then he, um, he actually offered us the, the first property that we got in October 2018, um and it was a massive breakthrough for us because it's all the theory is great and having, yeah. you know it's all it's all great but until you actually have you know the property to actually to do it it's all just talk and we really needed to prove that to ourselves as well that the concept worked um, yeah i think it got to a point where so imagine from february to about september we were constantly going out talking to people about this is what we're going to do. And obviously in the beginning when we didn't really know the answers to all the questions, we'd go to networking events and not, not through people being mean, but people genuinely asking and wanting to find out more. They'd be like, well, what about this? What about that? And it's kind of like, well, I, I don't have the answers right yeah. now. Um, Cause we'd not, we'd not experienced it. And through that, that not sort of a good few months of that probably, built up some resilience and then we'd come from it we'd come from an event or we'd come from meeting someone who's absolutely grilled us we'd go away and we'd find out the answers to those questions so when we were next faced with those questions it's kind of like well actually I've got the answer now and do you know what I mean but um I think actually being able to work with someone throughout that time who then like Tiff said saw the the, the hard work that we were doing in, in terms of going out there talking to people um, and seeing how frustrating it was to just be talking about yeah. it um, for him then to turn around and actually offer us offer to do something to help us um, was, was really good. Yeah, it was yeah, it, it's just grateful massively grateful to him. But it's it was nice because it, because we had that relationship with him. For our first property, had a, he had a much better understanding and um, he sort of understood that, okay, this is your first, so... And he was checking, he, he wasn't checking up on us, he was just saying, is everything okay? Like, you know, have you have you dealt with the processes of this, that, the other? And it was, I think it was, it was really nice. And mm. actually we were quite blessed to have that because he understood it's our first one. And at the same time, it's kind of a trial for all of us. Yes. We didn't know what, how it was going to go. And it's, it's, you know, it's gone really well. So he actually gave us our second property as well. So clearly saw the value in it um, and the value in the relationships. So it's definitely um, a relationship that will continue. Mm. But it's also nice because now other landlords can see 
how it is and we know how it is and we can we can explain it a bit better yeah you've um, got you've got physical and actual evidence. almost case study <laughs> yeah. that you can present as opposed to yeah. like you said before as opposed to just a theory mm. yeah. you've got it it's it's going while it's working yeah. and obviously a key part of that is um because the landlords is for them the big risk is are they going to pay are they going to keep the property in a good condition yeah. are they going to leave it and i'll be left with a massive repair yeah. but then so they've got an intermediary in there i know you guys you have a, a sort of um agreement that, that anyone that yeah. goes into one of the homes has to have to meet certain requirements yeah. and keep standards and things like that up which is going to be key for landlords and it's also because obviously there's a lot of stigma particularly i mean massive. you know the media when we've had tv shows mm. That is kind of you can see why landlords are worried, and as you said, yeah. the market is it's a landlord's market in, yeah. in Nottingham, and of course Nottingham as well. It has a massive, in especially clear around the city, students. Yeah, student. So yeah. there's always a massive market yeah. for new mm. residents. Yeah, so you've got a, you've got a lot of, to go against there. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, like I said, it's it's a difficult climate that we started in, um, and knowing enough about property we understand that property is very cyclical so it will it will go around um and we're we hopefully we'll, we'll still be here to um offer people the options of obviously when there's issues with people being homeless we'll be here to offer them an option but then when property does its cycles and it's no longer a landlord's market and it's more a tenant's market and there's um, loads of properties and only a couple of people fighting for them and landlords are struggling to run out of their properties, then we'll still be here offering the same thing. So um, we we pride ourselves on on the fact that we, we kind of see ourselves as being that middleman between um, serving both tenants, obviously in our case, homeless people, but as well being friendly with the landlord market because um we we very much value what they do and we've learned a lot we've learned we understand, uh, yeah, we we understand, understand it from it. their perspective as well yeah. because initially before in a house we were we were going to be landlords ourselves just your typical typical landlord yeah. so we we already had that sort of well obviously we didn't become your typical landlords but we had that understanding and knowledge of what they would like and expect mm. um which is why you know we're really, to be fair, we're really open and honest with them. We don't. Um, a big question that we get by most landlords is, "Oh, but you're gonna you're gonna charge me less? Like you're gonna give me less rent?" And we're, we're really fair to be there because I would, if I was that landlord, I'd think the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I think we're just fair across the board to anyone involved. Um, yeah. And it's just it's just them seeing a value in what in what we give overall rather than just. The property we do everything we maintain the property um we're in there ourselves or our support workers are in there um like throughout the week um so yeah it's maintained highly the standards are, are really good yeah i think some of that's something that coming from like tiff said coming from the background of looking into being private landlords ourselves now it is Yes, it is a landlord's market, but at the same time, if you really want to get your top rents, then the 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 bar's being set very high. Um, competition from, especially even in your student market, coming from your purpose-built student accommodation, the, the bar's being set very, very high. So 
there is a lot of accommodation out there now that five years ago at a really rubbish standard would still rent out but today that standard isn't quite cutting it anymore do you know what I mean yeah. so we've learned a lot from some really good experienced landlords who are providing absolutely amazing accommodation and yes it might not make sense to provide that level of accommodation but for we still want to provide very good very good solid accommodation that looks nice and we believe that if we provide something that's of high value um, then people will look after it regardless of that if they're a working professional or a yeah. person coming off the street yeah yeah if they, if they, if they can have pride in it you know, yeah you know. yeah so that's and that's it they just um we, we do get a lot of comments on the standard of the houses yeah. um you know there's always going to be some people that are like oh why would you give someone such a nice house they're only going to ruin it and We've heard a lot of that. Yeah, it's, We've it's, heard a lot. To us, that's totally backwards. Mm. Yeah. So of course, if you give someone something that isn't very nice, then they're less likely There's to have no motivation it. to. Yeah. 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 It's like you say, pride, you take pride in it. Um, we've had, to be fair, we've had no, no real issues with, with them not looking after the property. Um, yeah. Because why wouldn't they? It's, it's, their, it's their place of living. So I think. Um, yeah, there has been a lot of, we always get those. And now now that we're actually doing it, you know, before we got the houses and people would say that, we would be a bit like, oh, like, do you think that's going to happen? And now we kind of laugh it off and go, mm, come round to the house if you want to see the standard that is kept, yeah. you know, um, throughout. And I literally put a video on Instagram the other day. We'd gone into one of the properties and the guys weren't in, but we'd gone in. And I put a story on, on our Instagram to say, just to show you, this is what we've walked this into. This is genuinely what we've just walked into. And it yeah, it was like we just handed it to them. Obviously, it looks lived in because it is, yeah. but it's, it looks, it was clean, it was tidy. Um, probably looked cleaner than our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's well looked after. <coughs> they, they look after it and appreciate it. So um, and why, why wouldn't you want people to have a nice place to live? I think again it comes from that stigma and assumptions made doesn't it and I think people forget that you know most people on you are who end up homeless a lot you know are generally for there's very I mean there's a variety of reasons you know it could be obviously it could be anything from addiction issues Mm -hmm. to um, losing a job to you know domestic violence and things like that so it's but obviously there's this idea that oh no they they're just failures type attitude yeah. and that plays into like you say so they just assume well mm. they're not going to look after a house you know? yeah but you know yeah. when when someone's lost everything um they're much more appreciative of, what, yeah. of what's in front of them and i think um we're not going to sit here and say that every you know just like if people say every homeless person is this that the other we're not going to sit here and say that everyone that we've come across is appreciative of the service but the majority definitely because you know it's a chance yeah. to start again and I think, I think the way that we do it there's not really I think it's kind of like there's the potential for um for damage to be done to the property but as a landlord that's a risk that you take on regardless do you know what I mean yeah. so and if you can take on someone who's earning loads and loads of money at the start of the tenancy and three months in they lose their job they stop paying rent, they have a bit of a downward spiral, their partner leaves them, and then now you're a landlord who's got someone with 
maybe another six or at least three months left if it's a six months tenancy and you've got someone who's not paying rent and they're on a downward spiral they're not looking after the property so there's just as much chance of yeah. that happening with a working person as there is with yeah. someone who's uh, that we, we literally said this the other day that actually we know a lot more about our tenants than a standard landlord yeah. we know about yeah. their tenants because we get a referral form um come through so just as much as a landlord does referencing we check the background of all of our um it's all risk assessed, yeah, it's all risk assessed in terms of like yeah we know a lot more about our residents because um when they do get referred there's there's this a whole backlog of of the history um it's not just a couple of landlord references it's, it's yes a, it's a history of them as an individual you, you know what to expect we need to know that information to know can we support them safely um and give them the adequate level of support that, that they need um and if the services for them so yeah and we've had i remember when we first started out and there was we were looking at a house and someone said well i only want i just want a normal family living next door to me and i remember saying to you first of all what is normal but i know some really rowdy families so <laughs> it was kind of like you know you could you could house what on the face of it seems like uh you know just a normal if that's what you want to call it normal family or a normal couple and actually they've got some real issues going on but just because they can pay rent it doesn't mean you know people are people and everyone has their own issues and their own battles so it is quite frustrating and we've come across some of the nicest guys mm -hmm. um to be fair yeah. we've, we've got some of the nicest guys living in our properties so it's it's a risk whatever you do. Yeah, being a landlord is, is a risk. Yeah. I'd much rather do it helping someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excellent. So you mentioned there, obviously, people come to you via referrals. Mm -hmm. And how difficult, particularly initially, is it? Because these people, obviously, are, are, you know, have had a rough time a lot. Of them, and they used to be arguably, you know, a lot let down and feeling that there's no one there to help them. So how difficult, particularly at first, is it to sort of, to, to win those people and make them understand that you want to help mm. because like I say they've probably a lot of them have had pretty bad experiences with various systems be it you know, you know social services DWP things like that yeah. so and, and then there's another yeah. there's another person coming along saying they're going to help yeah that is a very real not, yeah. that is a very real um, situation and there are certain situations where um yeah, we are just another agency who's blowing smoke up the backside, you know, I mean? yeah. telling them that we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And um, so it is kind of like when we, we, we try and meet each person before we accept anyone into, into one of our houses. But that's a chance for them to interview us as much as it is yeah. for us to interview them. Do you know what I mean? And see if we're the right service for them. And I think, first of all, we just try and be very, very honest with them and just say, um, like we were quite honest with all the people that we met that we're a new service and we don't have all the answers but you literally work with you to find out what areas you need in support and we will do the best the very best that we can to support you in that area and if we can't do it then we'll find someone else who can yeah. um, whilst we're providing you with a base a house to live some security and, and all of that so I think that's the first place that we start is just being as honest as possible mm. with with people. I think yeah, <coughs> I mean, it's it's it takes time to build the trust, you know. 
if, if they've been in and out of the system or never out of the system um, and they've just been passed from pillar to post for whatever reason they've not found somewhere that works for them um it's about building that trust giving them time first of all giving them time to settle in um and and explaining the, the process from you know when we first meet them like Theo says before they've even moved in um we give them the option as well it's not saying you have to move in because a lot a lot kind of just get put somewhere with without having the choice the yeah. option and we say you know if you want you can come and see the house first if that would make you more comfortable um you know we give them that option you don't have to move in we're not saying you have to um and then it's explaining this is how it's going to work once you've moved in this is what we'll do in the first four weeks this is what how your support would continue and these are the sort of um, we try and establish when we first meet them and we assess them um, what goals they want and then we work, we'll say well this is how we can help you to achieve these goals and I think um, again we were literally saying earlier talk is cheap and they've heard a lot of people talking and you know people have said all the right things but they need to see that you're doing it you're going to do it yeah um, and it's just time they'll get that over time so you know if for us when they first move in we let them settle, we check check in on them, make sure that they're all right, make sure they've got everything they need. Um, and then we start booking the support sessions, start planning around them and their needs. Um, and it's just being consistent and again, just being honest. If, you know, if they want us to do something that we can't do, we'll tell them if there's something, if there's a support service that, you know, we don't know how to access. We're, we're just really, really open and honest with them and that works both ways really because in in return they're honest with us yeah i think one of the big things that has <clears throat> worked well for us um kind of touching on the last conversation is is around the us trying to keep the properties looking as nice as possible um especially when people first move in because it's it's that first impression and the way that we present our properties we see as a representation of us and what we stand for. So we've had on a number of occasions with a number of potential residents who have come to see the property or just moved into a property being like, wow, do you know what I mean? Um, in terms of other accommodation and other options, um, it's, do you know what I mean? We're up there and we try and make sure that we, we're, we, we have that impact. We want that sort of reaction when people walk into, into somewhere we've always said that we want people, well, we want anyone to walk into our property and not know that it's supported accommodation. Yeah. It just looks like it's a, a home. A, a, a home. Yeah. So I think that breaks down a lot of the barrier, the initial barriers of, oh, this you're, you're just another company yeah. that's just going to come in and you just see pound signs on my head and stuff like that. Um, so I think that, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things that this we've we found benefits us i think it's reassuring them as well that there's no rush we've had for instance a guy move in and um panic so he's thinking well i've got to move on i've got to move on because you're not going to want me here um we're not judgmental we understand everyone comes with, with with problems you know with their issues um and i think it's it's reassuring them and explaining to them there's a process to this and we're not saying that you've got you know three weeks to get get yourself sorted and move on because that's not for most people it's not realistic um so yeah it's it's reassuring them you know we say they can stay anything up to two years but again at the end of that two years if they're not ready to move on we're not going to say 
we've been here two years so yeah you've got to leave the service because our main aim is to help people and like say to re rehabilitate them but mainly to get them into independent safe accommodation for themselves um whatever that may be for them so it's just reassuring them that you know unless something drastic happened we're not going to turn our back on them and we're not going to you know expect them to i don't know we're not miracle workers and neither of them and it's just being patient and yeah yeah, I think, I think that's the main part. Of it. I think that, that's that's sort of security for them that this isn't just a, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. yeah, we, you know, this isn't just a couple of weeks, couple of nights, but also there's that importance there to the real of the realization that these people, every single person, is a different case, mm -hmm. a different scenario. Yeah. This isn't a one, you know, one fix for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and, a one size you know, fits all. Everybody's got you know different needs different issues different mountains to climb and it's it's no good you know it's, it's great you get them into a home and things but it's no good just chuck them into yeah. into, a, into a house yeah and then leaving them yeah because then it, when they do eventually the odds are that mm -hmm. quickly they'll be in back in exactly the same yeah, situation not, because now, yeah, yeah. Well, i think i think it's with with us which has been quite difficult at times though is we've had to be very honest with ourselves in recognizing what we can and can't deal with um so we when we when we talk to referrers at the minute um and they sort of ask well what's your criteria for someone coming in we we always say sort of low to medium needs and we understand that that's different to everyone but we say because we provide floating support which means that it's not 24 hours it's we have support workers that drop in the house every, yeah do you know what i mean every day every couple of days what, whatever it is um it needs to be someone who has a level of autonomy and can sort of still do basic things for themselves we don't do any sort of personal care um we don't cook. we don't cook for them um again if they need help um with it then we can support them in teaching them how to cook like basic things but we we don't sort of administer medication and all of yeah. that stuff we stay we stay well clear so it's kind of understanding what we can provide um and what we can't and that means that unfortunately at this point some people fall fall outside of our remit which is horrible where we've had to get refer referrals for people and we're kind of having to say no we're not we're not the right service and we know that this is a person who's probably been referred to all of the other other services and like you've got framework, you've got NCHA, you've got YMCA who may not have bed spaces that because I know they're they're obviously packed at the um they they're constantly full. So it's just an issue across the board, isn't it? It's not yeah, enough beds. There's not enough beds. Full stop. So it's it's horrible to have to turn away someone, and when you get in, you get in the whole story of this person's gone through an absolute horrible time and. And then you're sat there and you then have to turn around and tell that person, no, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, even if you've got a bed space, it's like, we've got a space, but we can't put you in there. So yeah. I think it's, it's, that's the not so glamorous side of it. Uh, that's, that's not a nice, but. And even if like yeah. a big part of what we do as well, and a big thing that's massively important, I think we as a service, we do um, focus on massively is, matching residents to live together yeah um i think a lot of 
you know, we've heard from our residents themselves when they've lived in other accommodation, is that you're around people that you necessarily, you can't necessarily better yourself being around certain people. Um, and as we say, everyone's got their own, their own sort of battles. So we are very particular in terms of who's placed together. Um, if we've got a bed space and, you know, someone's got, we know that what the current residence issues are, we try to make sure that whoever moves in is not going to hinder their progress um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, have a, a negative impact on their progress and, and their sort of journey with us. So we have to be quite strict when it comes to that because, uh, you know, these are two people, like for our house, there's two bedrooms, but they're two people that have likely never met, don't know anything about each other and to live with a stranger in any other situation would be hard yeah to live with a stranger when you know you're facing your own battle of mental health or drug and alcohol addiction um and coming from being homelessness in an uncertain situation to then live with someone who's got the same or similar issues to you it, it's scary even more scary because you don't know what to expect so i think um it's definitely something we've, we've put a lot of focus on and um to make sure that they can live in you know, we don't expect them to be best friends, but to live in harmony and to be able to... To get on with it. Yeah, yeah to get that, on. Not without conflict. You know, yeah, not want to kill each other every five minutes, that would be One of the things that's really coming out, obviously, is the amount of upfront work you put in. But also, because like, and like you were saying there, of how difficult it can be to tell somebody and to have to see somebody and not feel that, they're the, that you can take them on. But I think the fact that you're... you're aware of that and you do make that decision as hard as it can be it's huge because i think it would be so easy to just say yes to everybody mm. particularly like you said when you've heard they've been through the system and mm. things but by doing that like you're saying putting people that you aren't you don't have the the you know resources or yeah. skill set to offer that person support you'll end up helping nobody. Mm. We're likely to make the situation yeah. worse because, you know, if we if we are not equipped to help them and support them the way they need it, we're, to be fair, just delaying the support that they do need, um, which they... And then it could be the worst case scenario if we've got someone who's who's probably living in a house, there's a empty bed space and they're, they're doing all right, they're on their path and we put someone in who we can't support then not only are we not going to support that person, yeah. that person's then going to yeah, negatively impact the person who's already on their journey. Yeah. So yeah, we have to be we have to be so, so careful and so selective. And that means that, yeah, we, we've had to turn down or refuse um, a number of people. Yeah. Um, I think as, as the organisation grows and we are able to um, grow our team and hire more you know, experience people into in particular areas, um, then we'll be able to help a wider range of people because that's what it is at the minute. We don't have the experience yeah. to safely. It's all about safety for us, to be fair. We can't safely support someone if we don't know how to. Um, but yeah, as our, as our organisation grows and the team grows... We'll know, have people who can deal with a wider set, yes. a wider range of support needs. And I guess part of you know people that you meet and that even you necessarily can't help mm. is, is kind of in a way research because you're seeing what, what, obviously what you can you've got to grow uh, you know a certain rate mm. and you've got to bring certain people in at a certain time but you're seeing which 
people you need as a priority which kind of what kind of support specialists mm-hmm. do you need most because yeah. there is obviously a lot of different people you could be bringing in so you're looking at and thinking well we're seeing a lot of people with certain mm. issues you know that we could help if we had these we people had the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more than we're seeing of this group that yeah. we could have with this person it's a great and obviously point. there's yeah. there's a whole lot more goes into it and a lot of people <laughs> have you know a lot of people have more than one you know very few people with you know mental issues or addiction mm. issues have one in fact a lot of the time mental addiction issues are probably massively closely related to mental issues yeah. a lot of the time so it's yeah. not necessarily quite so simple yeah. as go well, if we get that expert we can help all of them yeah, yeah. but you're still you're getting an idea of where most helps needed yeah where yeah. you can do the best good yeah, within so your without yeah. putting your project okay. at risk by running before you you know running yeah. before you can walk sort of thing yeah it definitely guides our growth i think um it's opened our eyes you know obviously we've got as an organization you need to have goals and plans and all that anyway um and it's definitely opened our eyes to what other vulnerable groups can we support as i said at the minute at the minute we do only house single males um that's not going to be how we go on forever you know it's going to um, our organisation will adapt to to support other, other vulnerable groups that um, do still face homelessness. Um, but it's, like you say, by meeting different kinds of people that have been referred to us, um, it does open your eyes to... There's just a massive need that, you know, a massive need, especially anywhere, but in Nottingham, obviously, for us, uh, where we live and our community, there's a massive need that even before we started Renee House we weren't even aware and it's, yeah. it's things yeah. it's it's not to, to me it's not spoken about enough it's, people aren't aware of literally how how bad the issue is um, because it's kind of just a, a thing that nobody talks about it's um, the sort of secret shame sort of hidden yeah. problem isn't it and I think and uh, it's not just the people that are homeless but it's those people that are you know very vulnerable yeah. to that there's a, i mean and i think that sort of thing you know the vast majority of people are, are sort of only two months pay away from being at risk of homelessness yeah. and anyone's job can i mean i saw something the other day that says you know you you're much close most people are much closer to being homeless than they are to being a millionaire yeah, yeah. i think i saw that go around yeah that's but and but so many people i think think they're just that you know on the path to being a millionaire and don't yeah. realize and i mean it can even be a simple thing as you know like i say you only have to you know an injury an accident mm. yeah, and you jo- it puts you out of work particularly if you're in one of the more you know this what they call it, you know this sort of gig economy maybe the, the zero yeah. hour economy or you're yeah. self-employed yeah. or something like that you're, you're very real risk so or actually you could be a tradesman you fall off your ladder yeah um you're a self-employed tradesman what, what how are you gonna mm. do you know what i mean provide for yourself for the next few months it's simple injured. things well not simple things but you know one of the biggest things is a breakdown of a relationship yeah if you split with your partner um and you leave the family home and um, a lot of people say, why do you support, why do you only house men at the minute? I mean, it's like, well, who's likely to leave the home? A, a man's likely to leave the home. Um, 
call it pride or I don't know if his children are there as well he's gonna go and especially when it comes down to like break down the relationship and it's yeah and I know obviously we are aware of females and fleeing domestic violence and again it's a vulnerable group that needs that support as well um but yeah something as simple as a you know a falling out a breakdown of your relationship it, well you're homeless you've yeah got no home and and for a lot of people as well that you know people don't realize if you um if you don't have an address you can't get a job um because they've got you're not registered anywhere yeah um, and it's it's awful we have a lot of people that get referred to as like oh, i just want a job but because I, you know, I'm capable of work and I've got this skill set and I've got this, my CV's done and, you know, I've had interviews and I would have got the job, but I ain't got anywhere to live. And it's, it's absolutely, it's awful in six. It's like, mm. okay. Um, so to get that, if you got that job, you'd have been able to pay rent. And But then it also works the other way around. We literally heard, I think yesterday or the day before, someone was talking about um, a woman that they know who's got a full-time job as a teacher and sleeps in a car. She doesn't have anywhere to live. She's got a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah, and and what people would consider... Yeah, a decent job. You've got that... They would have been trained, you know, they've Mm. been college, university to get that job. Yeah, but it's that thing... As well, a lot of people, when you say homeless, you think, oh, street homeless, yeah. people that sit in doorways overnight. And it's not homelessness, is it's not having a secure place. So it's sofa surfing. Yeah. There's, um, you know, there's entrenched homeless people that you don't see because they make it, you know, their mission for you to not see them. Uh, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be found. They don't, a lot of people don't want to to be supported they've been let down too long uh, too many times and stuff so um but yeah sharing with a friend um being in overcrowded yeah overcrowded yeah. houses like there's so many things that count as <laughs> being technically homeless yeah yeah and a lot of people do sleep in the cars as well that's um mm. and it's but i think again you know before we set up renee house we we're aware of homelessness and um you know we'd helped out feeding the homeless and we'd but you know, until we started this, I never, it sounds absolutely awful. You know, if you walk through town, I think you're able to just have your totally. blinkers on and not realise all these people sat in the street. And when we do this, like, all I see is homeless people. And I'm like, oh, did you see him? Oh, did you see it? And it's, it's, it's so weird, but it's like, once you're aware of something, you see it a lot more. Yeah. It's not there a lot more. It's just that you're aware of it. Um, and I think it's so easy to just kind of, I don't know, just not see them, um, and yeah, just not see them, and it's it's just um, it's sad, really. It is really sad, and and there's, like you say, the stigma towards people that are homeless, and to be fair, some of the nicest people yeah that we've yeah. met, and, and that's why we help, I guess. That's why we yeah. help them. Only thing I mean, on you know, I saw. I remember last year, or might have been the year before where I think it was the Nottingham City Council, I don't know if you're aware of this, they ran a sort of poster campaign on bins and things in the city, telling people not to not to give money, not to, give money to homeless people. And then luckily there was a big mm. backlash and they got rid of it. Mm. But that sort of, and that, but that mentality feeds down. <clears throat> Occasionally I make that mistake of reading comments <laughs> online and the amount of times you see um, 
you know, people saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. I won't give money to them. They're all just going to spend it on drugs. And I mean, I get quite annoyed when they say, well, you give them money and they buy a drink. And I'm like, well, you know, if I was sleeping on the street, I'd buy That's alcohol and all and drink myself to yeah. the point where I didn't feel it. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you expect same. someone It's to cold. Do? It is it's cold. It's, it's freezing cold. People well. are horrible. Some of the people are horrible. Hor- you know, there's horrible people that throw things, attack yeah. them. And it's massively, it's going to be heartbreakingly depressing for yeah. somebody. Particularly, like you say, yeah. you know, the people that have, that, you know, maybe two months ago thought they had everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their life is just for various reasons. Yeah. Well, and, we say that all the yeah. time, you know, they get labelled, you know, alkies, druggies, all that. And I think. If I'd lost everything and I was, I had to sit on the street and sleep on the street. Um, I think I'd take anything I possibly could to work mm. out the reality of the situation. And it's you can. I think it's the thing where we can understand it. We don't condone it. Don't condone it. You understand but we it. We understand it. Yeah. You, and I think you, I, I get why the why you would. And I think a lot of people. Again, this it, it's just the craziest thing because a lot of people live in houses. And are addicted to drugs yeah. and are alcoholics yeah. and are, you know, um, criminals, uh, offenders, but they live in a house, so that's okay. But it's not. But because people are homeless, they're targeted in a different way and saying, well, if you, you know, if you weren't an alcoholic, you wouldn't be homeless. Wrong. Wrong. Because yeah. they're not homeless. Be- well, some people are homeless because of addiction, um, but it's it's wrong to just assume to just paint like paint everyone with the same sort of brush yeah it's 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 so frustrating and like as we talk about it, i'm like oh um because so many people have accommodation but are just have the same issues yeah. it's just that these guys don't have the accommodation yes. so it's kind of a different light shone on them and you, you know when people are behind closed doors you can kind of forget about the problems but when they're on your streets and when they're sat on the doorsteps and in doorways and, you know, it's looked at very differently. But actually, you give them a home and then help them with their issues. They're likely to, again, not everyone, but they're likely to actually turn their life around. And all they need is that that helping hand and that chance. And it's just extremely frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And I think, that unfortunately, as a, as a sort of society, we like, it makes life easier for people to just label. Yeah. And it's similar to, you know, the sort of way that people on benefits have always been labelled in the same way. And, I mean, Mm. I've never got, you know, get so sick of hearing the thing, well, they've all got... Yeah. They've all got flat screen tellers. They can't go out. (laughs) Yeah. That's all they can do. It's like, well, why are they buying takeaways? It was because literally that is... They've been to work all week, you know, Mm. or... You know, or maybe they're not been at work, they can't get a job, whatever. It's this idea that if you're getting help, you shouldn't be allowed any enjoyment in life. Yeah. Allowed, and yeah. it's, it's yeah. again, it's a stigma, but it's, I, I think, of element is, is to one, it means people can feel happy about not helping. But also, I think a lot of it comes, I think there's been a, an element in from a board, from, from a government and the media. To, oh, yeah, to try and get people to get us to punch down as opposed to up yeah. in terms yeah. of um, dealing with issues. I think, like, you know, obviously you mentioned earlier the article uh, so when we were in the Nottingham Post. That's the first um, time we've ever been in the media about this. And um, we were approached on that. We didn't, you know, it wasn't 
we didn't go about seeking that and um, we were approached by the Nottingham Post and I think um, it really shocked me it actually really upset me um, some of the comments the majority of them were so supportive and amazing it was it was so nice the support we got but you just had these people and you think what what's made you what's possessed you to make a comment like that and I think it did upset me for a long time um, and I remember sitting talking to you like I, I just so found upset. it funny because it was kind of like oh <laughs> you literally have nothing better to do yeah, yeah. I think I think that's right. it I think we're in you know the world today I think people like to complain and like to find the bad in something or try and find the bad a lot of the comments were just nonsense and actually they didn't you know they didn't know what they were talking about because what they said was complete like because the thing is you know if you like especially to, to something like the, the article that was that was written about us if you've got something that disagrees with something that we said and you put that forward in a in sort of a a sensible argument saying I disagree with you or I think this is a bad idea or I don't agree with this because of x y and z then do you know what I mean you can have a conversation yeah, with like con someone like that and you can yeah construct them like we're more than open to constructive criticism. Tell us how to do this better. We're, we're very honest and open about the fact that we've started this and we don't know everything about what we're doing. And some of the stuff, like some of the moves that we make are just kind of, let's let's try this and see how it works. And then we kind of adjust after that. So that's fine. We're more than happy to get constructive criticism. But you know, when you just get silly comments mm. and people just saying dumb stuff, it's like, well, I just, I just like, found well, it funny. Yeah. I think that's more a reflection of you than it is of us. Yeah. It's just like, but again, as well, in the in the article, like I said to you, it, it was at the drop of a hat. We weren't prepared. It was very much just conversation like this, to be fair, over the phone. And um, we didn't expect the call. We didn't, it was just random. So we were very much caught off guard. But also, that what what you can sort of condense down and put in an article yeah and what actually you know this is what the media is and, and the article was amazing didn't say nothing that we didn't say it's just how if people have got questions then ask your questions don't assume you know we, there was a comment floating around several times oh it's just um so they're getting the government to pay their mortgages then but it, well no, because actually we don't own the houses. Yeah. Um, and even if it was, well, we're housing homeless people. And the it's no different to benefits. Who, who have benefit tenants that pay, pay their, their mortgage. More, to pay just, the landlord's mortgage. It just doesn't, just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it? it was just pointless comments. But yeah, we've learned, obviously, the way, like you say, the way media portrays um, things or the way it comes across it's not how it's portrayed it's the piece, people's perception of it and i think i think that's important that it's not i think it's easy to sometimes say oh it's the media it's the media sometimes it is people's um interpretation, interpretation of what the media has written yeah. Yeah. as well the so it's it's a, it's definitely a two-way thing yeah I think yeah i think i think the problem is is that um particularly now with the print media you know it's all about you've got to sell copies and yeah. um, as I was saying um, in another episode recently unfortunately sensationalism sells so yeah you know it's local media is slightly different which is why you get articles like yourselves but on a bigger scale it, you don't they don't sell copies based on telling about the great people going out and helping in the community they sell about they sell copies yeah. about the homeless person throwing things at 
someone in the street or yeah. you know unfortunately and i think I'd, like it was really nice of um Gurjeet, the guy who wrote the um article about us um i think i've read some of his some of his other articles and he is genuinely one of the good guys who's trying to push out positivity out there through his um journalism and i think he's he's highlighted a number of um people in and around nottingham yeah. who are doing amazing things so mm. um so i think that was educational for me to realize that not all not, not all, all media is no, yeah is trying just, to push that so there are some people but it's just a shame that like you're saying it's the sensational stuff the sensationalist headlines that they yeah. get the most attraction i definitely think that's a um, unfortunately it's, it's more of a local media yeah, thing exactly. as you say because that is you know they yeah. they can promote that you know that kind of story it's sort of the heart of the community type story yeah. Yeah. so it's and it's why it's so important in you know the local media and that's what is supported overall, in a time when it's really struggling yeah and the the overall support as i say the overall response to it it was amazing wasn't it we didn't even expect to get that response in general we didn't expect it to go like as viral as it did to be fair i thought some i thought it would have about what 16 red people read it or something <laughs> and it it's just not what we expected and <clears throat> like a lot of people were saying oh my god this is amazing and again we just we just raised a bit of a bit more of an awareness yeah towards homelessness especially in nottingham um because obviously where we're based and it was it was nice it was around christmas as well so i think yeah. people must have been feeling especially sort of oh like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think <laughs> there's a there is a there's definitely a thing isn't there that 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 you see that at christmas definitely a lot more yeah and it's kind of like it's great it's, it's lovely and it's great and it's like but these people need help or, oh, or, yeah, right. or yeah, so i'm not you know you're not gonna criticize anyone for helping at any time but yeah. you know and look i think nottingham is it's i mean i say this from someone who has no experience with any other or any other cities on <laughs> it but personally this i think there's some great you know, groups in nottingham you know there's there's groups that go out and um out at night and feed oh, yeah, and food yeah. out and uh, you know things like that so yeah. um I, you know, there's part of me that wants to say they shouldn't have to. In this day and age, nobody should be, you know, sleeping on the streets and not being supported. But you can't deal on, you can't sit. And I've had this discussion with people before when, you know, food banks, for example, and people are saying there shouldn't be food banks. You're right, there shouldn't. But you can't deal in what there should and shouldn't be. You can deal in what there is. Yeah. Yeah. Saying there shouldn't be food banks, you're the government should it. be funding it, isn't going to feed those people that don't have food, isn't going to home those people that are currently living on the streets, you know, organised like places like you are. A lot of people that have this um, opinion of what should and shouldn't be aren't actually contributing to what what is, like you say, what is happening. And again, it was kind, it, took, it did take me a while with the comments and stuff, but I, I sat back and thought, at least we're doing something, at least yeah. we're trying. Um, and to be fair, it's the first you know we've both said we've had a lot of jobs um and even now we still both work part-time because renee house um so we've had all that you know money grabbing and blah 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 we don't actually get paid from our organization yet and i think we both work and but this is the first time in my working life where i've actually felt like okay this is like i've had i've got a purpose every night regardless of what happens every night and every day i wake up i'm like yeah, it's cool. Something good's gonna happen now because because of what we're doing and because um 
it, it you know a lot of people do good things to give themselves a good feeling and this we're no different it gives us a good feeling but what we're doing is actually changing people's lives and that could be you know four people or 400 people um we're changing the lives of others in the best way we can and how we know how to basically right. um so i think it's the first time for me where yeah 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 same definitely getting up and going to work yeah because because i've had a lot of um i've had a load of different jobs in a load of different industries um and yeah definitely say it's it's up there and it's up there probably the best sort of job that i've had where i know that I genuinely have such an impact on making a difference in people's yeah. lives. So it's not only that I'm ha- I've got a job that I'm I can change people's lives, but I'm in control of an organisation. So genuinely, my word carries weight within our organisation. On do we decide to do this or do we decide to do that? And obviously, my decision will have an impact. And sometimes that works the other way, where my decision has meant that something. Do you know what I mean? My not be the best option yeah. but do you know what I mean I'm I'm very much uh, an open book and I try and learn from my mistakes and, and stuff like that and take responsibility when I've made a, a, a poor choice and stuff like that yeah. so I think that's it when it's when it's your own organisation you, you have to kind of take responsibility for the good and the bad <laughs> yeah there's no way you can't just no say to blame oh that was yeah. I did that good thing and then run away when it's bad I yeah. guess the other thing though is, is again at least you can say oh yes that was the wrong decision you know, in hindsight, mm. but you know you you know you took that decision because you thought it was the right decision. Exactly. But also, you knew it was your decision. Exactly. You're not Forced. you're not being criticised, or you're not looking at something as a bad decision that you were doing because that's what you had to do yeah. because of the, within the framework that you were working. Mm. Would it be mm. rules of you know the, the organisation policies and things yeah. like that, where you might have that same annoyance, <laughs> but but had no control in it at least this time you could say yeah it was the wrong decision that's on me i know how i made that decision best intention and also i know that next time i won't have to because if you're working on the policy and things you're thinking that was a terrible decision Mm. and next week i'm gonna have to do that all over again because that's the way we would work now you can like you said this is i'm the one in charge of then changing that policy to make it fit (laughs) next next time it'll be moving it'll be moving more towards Instead, you were saying, was it yesterday, I think you were saying, because we were laughing about, so it, it's been, yeah, two years, a year and a half, two years or so of just pure grafting. And we were laughing, said, you know, if this was for anyone else, yeah, we'd walked away because we like... The amount of work that we've done in the last free. two years <laughs> and we've not been paid a penny, it's absolutely crazy. So, But we're still excited yeah. to get up every day and get, do it all again. Do you know what I mean? So would I do this for someone else? Not not a chance. <laughs> not a chance for, for free. Not a chance. Um, but it's, it's like... So it's a win-win situation because we get what we want. We want to be running our own organisation. We want to have that autonomy yeah. to make choices to to make big decisions whether the outcome is good or bad and be able to take responsibility obviously it's great when it comes off and it, it's a positive um positive outcome and we we help someone we move them forward in their journey and, and stuff like that but um but yeah it, it also it also means that um yeah we take responsibility when stuff doesn't go to plan as well 
Yeah, um, but then at least you know that when, they, when they're not going to plan, that's all part of moving towards. Something. It's all moving forward and it's you all a learning and it's all an improvement. It's not going to be, that's the bad, you know, that's not working, but we're going to keep doing it, which happens yeah. a lot yeah. in yeah, different yeah, yeah. walks of life. No, um, and that's it. It's, um, we're not going to learn unless we make those mistakes, I think. Yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty, um, well, I think it'd be more or less impossible to have, bought, have come into this and and yeah. just have it go perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be worth it, to be yeah. honest. We, we wouldn't see the value in it in ourselves no. because if it all, we literally, it was yesterday we were saying, if it all went to plan, we wouldn't appreciate it as much as we do. But it it's honestly an emotional rollercoaster. You can't, and it's our entire lives. We can't have a conversation about talking about you know, Renee has the next steps, what we need to be doing. It's a constant, our life is this. So if it all went swimmingly, it wouldn't be like that, would it? The thing is as well, though, in terms of, so we've not, like I said, we've not been paid from from the work that we've put into Renee House and getting it to this stage and moving it forward. But the personal development journey that we've both been on has been absolutely massive. So the person I am and sort of my learning curve from where where I was two years ago, it, um, definitely professionally um, and possibly a lot personally as well. My, my growth curve has been massive um, and that's the, the lessons that I've learned and in running this organisation along with TIFF is, is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, and if you want to learn working with someone yeah. else because you're not allowed to. Yeah, you're, not, yeah. you're not allowed to see the the ugly in an organization that you work for a business that you work for because it's all under wraps you're not allowed to see you know you're only told what someone else to do what you yeah. yeah you only get to know your bit yeah and, it. and it's very restrictive and i think you know the amount that we have grown individually and as a team is ridiculous and we actually had um, a staff meeting and one of our support workers said this morning joan She's been with us since September, and um, so what's that? Four months. Yeah. 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 Four months, and she was like, "She says you guys can't see it because you're in it." She says, "But the way you've grown in the last since she's been with us, she was like, it's amazing." But you know, because it's our every day. Yeah. And she was like, "It's yeah." From and I was like, and "He was like, oh, that was nice for her to say." And I said, "But if you take a step back and actually look at it." when you take yourself out of the situation a little bit, you can see how quick, like the other day, so obviously it's the 23rd now, on the 21st, we're like, we're 21 days into the new, into the new year. And it feels like we've been, it feels like we're about three months in because the amount that we've had to do and the amount, the amount that's happened and how quick things have moved, you don't have time to stop and realize what you've done because you yeah. just got to keep going. Um, so it is nice when you do get the chance or when someone reali- when someone makes you realise and says, oh, have you seen how far you've come? Um, and I think <laughs> it is crazy when we think about it. And you was like, look how fast two years has gone. In 10 years time, we'll be in. It's like, oh God, don't say that. But it will. It's mad to think by. about five years, 10 yeah. years in the future when we just look back and see what the last two years has been like. Yeah. So. Um, amazing but, <laughs> scary but yeah. yeah amazing but yeah no definitely every morning wake up just excited to be able to to push the needle do you know what yeah. I mean just just move the ball a little bit for, further no forward no day's the same either so that's you know I've been in jobs where it's so like oh god I already know what I'm going to be doing yeah. today because I did it yesterday we 
you know days are saying we don't know what to expect you don't know what's <laughs> or what you're going to get called about you don't know what um you know like today we've had you get referrals we get referrals all the time so then we'll end up going to meet someone that we've only just heard of and you know we meet different people every single day we speak to different people every single day and we hear different examples of their situation so it's it's just yeah not a single day has been the same as the last and like tomorrow won't be like today so it's it's really exciting rather than just the same old same old um boring yeah jobs that we've had I think Sorry, I mean, it's <laughs> quite obvious, you know, how important and passionate you both are about it. And I think that's probably more key than anything. Yeah, that, you, that it's, you know, even like you said, it's a big learning curve, tough two years, obviously. They, yeah. You know, I'm sure there were times in those first sort of six months and that you, you maybe wondered what you were doing. Yeah. You know, not not yeah. what you do, but, you know, yeah. why yeah. were you doing this yeah. sort of thing? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> like, are we stupid? But, <laughs> But like you say, and now it's it's about moving forward. Um, yeah. So I'm going to wrap up soon because yeah. obviously it's, it's getting on. But um, just a couple of things. Firstly, the name Rene House. Where did where did the name come from? The name was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it took us so long um, to think of a name, and we wanted something that meant you know a fresh start, starting again. And Rene comes from the word Renaissance, which means born again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, you know, let's draw a line under what's been and let's move forward. Um, and obviously it's not literal, like you're being born again, but it's a fresh start. And um, sometimes we regret Renee because it gets pronounced wrong all the time. And we're like, oh, we should have just come like, you know. And name that's easy to pronounce. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's, 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 that's where it comes from. from. And we went through so many different names, didn't we, before we... Before it just clicked and yeah, and that so yeah, that's where Renee comes from. We're not Renee. No one else is. Well, <laughs> there's a Renee out there, but she don't have any Nothing to do with that business. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And then finally, um, what can sort of people that are listening out there do to help and obviously to find out more about what you do? Um, so we're most active if you want to keep up. Um, to date with what we're doing we're most active on our Instagram um, if you just search Rene House uh, you should find it uh, Rene can... House underscore CIC yeah yeah um, also we do have a Facebook page which gets updated um, okay. that is yeah just again search on Facebook for Rene House so that's R-E-N-E House mm. um, and then we've also we've also got a website so that is just kept up to date with different bits. So in terms of support, we, we're all always open to working with different support agencies. I think that's a big thing, especially yeah. in Nottingham. Um, we found that there's so many different agencies that are doing amazing things, but it's sometimes very hard to find them. Right, um, okay. So so yeah, we're, we're more than happy to get to get emails and phone calls and be approached by different um, support agencies who provide drug and alcohol support, who provide mental health support, who provide budgeting, um, befriending, um, all, of, all of this kind of different stuff, work and employment and training. Um, oh yeah, all of these different agencies. So we, we accept support through that. Um, we do accept donations if anyone's kind enough. That's um, through the website. Yeah, so obviously 
yeah just and just get in touch and we we try and be as responsive as possible yeah um, and yeah the biggest one how can i forget that landlords <laughs> um we're we, always open to taking we, on more yeah. properties the only way we're going to be able to help more people is by having more houses yes. um so obviously getting more properties and linking up with more landlords that are interested in you know having a social sort of um like input such um uh, impact so i think that's a biggie for us is working with landlords that want to make that difference in the community um but i think also you know for like anyone listening i think it's just a massive thing and we've said it on our instagram recently is just giving homeless people time because you know a lot of people like you said oh don't give them money don't you know if you sit and have a conversation with a homeless person um, I hate I hate how they class as you're a homeless person, they're a person. Yeah. And just sit and talk to them, ask them if they're okay. Talk about, you know, what you talk to your friends about, just talk. They're not horrible, scary people. They're people that have ended up in this situation. They're people without a home and um but that doesn't mean that they're not human and just talk to them, find out about their situation, um, you know, there's always places to redirect them. There's there's homeless shelters, there's food banks, there's um, soup kitchens to direct into. But just give them time because, you know, we all get lonely and we all would just like someone to take a bit of time out of the day to just have a conversation. And especially, you know, these guys on the streets, just to treat them and make them feel human again um, and give them that bit of respect that, you know, everyone deserves. And I think it's a massive thing we've been saying it for a long time just ask them are you okay and you know instead of just giving them money ask if there's anything else you can help yeah. them with. can you get them are you hungry or you know or speak to them if they are asking for money well, are you okay how much do you need because some of them are looking for a certain amount of money to get a bed for the night not just to go and score you know and it's it's yeah i think that's a big Thing I'd like it to sort of end on in in terms of a positive, just literally speak to them because they are people that you know they're not bad people. Some are, but they're not they're it's not bad people. No different to any yeah. no other to anyone else. person. There are, yeah. I'm, as you touched on earlier, there are plenty of bad people living in, in houses. houses of all sorts, <laughs> from the biggest yeah. mansions to the smallest apartments. Mm. There are in every in every walk of life, there are good, mm. bad, and mostly the mostly that there is those of us just you know it would it could make someone's day just to sit down hello yeah how are you? and and you know a lot of people if you sat and spoke to a homeless person that's sat on the street uh, for whatever reason if you find out their situation you'd be very surprised you know i i we've we've come across people that are street homeless and rough sleeping um and this story of how they've ended up there is just it's so shocking, yet so everyday, as in like, oh, yeah, it could happen to everyone. And it would hit home with a lot of people. So I think, yeah, yeah just talk I, to people. <laughs> no, I think that's massive. I think far too many people, as, you, as you've said earlier, just think that they're all homeless, you know, or most of them are homeless mm-hmm. because they're druggies or whatever. Yeah. Most of them are, you know, a large portion of homeless because of, well, yeah. there's various things, but because of, like you say, everyday reasons, family breakup, job loss, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, Moving on through, through abusive homes or, yeah. you know, on homes where they're just not 
welcome. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, as we've already said, pretty much all of us, that could happen to any of us. Mm-hmm. You can't, not, there's very few people on, in, you know, in this country, there's a very small percentage of people that are never at risk yeah, of <laughs> things. Yeah, but, you know, but for the rest of us, yeah. like you said, an, an accident, a breakup, a job loss, and you just don't know what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I think it's and just you, taking that time. There's, there's renting people there that, you know, or, you know, it can be quite easy to, to get behind on your mortgage for various reasons, let's say. But I think that is key because I think I'm, you know, people living on the street, I think one of the things as well must be the loneliness. Yeah. So, so, you know, so many people around them all the time, you know, but probably as lonely as you can get. Yeah, because no one one acknowledges them and, you know, they're being judged for something that nobody, nobody knows. If you just sit and listen to their story, there's people that um, aren't originally from Nottingham but have moved to Nottingham for a better life, but they've not been able to get somewhere to live. But they're not, again, necessarily bad people. They might not even have drug and alcohol issues or be an ex-fender or, you know, have, you know, severe mental health. They're just homeless because they have nowhere. And there's nothing wrong with, there's, there's such a stigma around homelessness and there's, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's everything wrong with being homeless because there shouldn't be. Yeah. But there's, there's nothing wrong with the people Doesn't that are homeless. Doesn't make you automatically yeah. bad. No. Not, they're um, not awful people. It's so important we get away from that mentality. Yeah. So anything I mean, that anyone can do to contribute to, to the fight against that would be great. And just to give people time of day. there you go that was tiffany and theo from rene house uh, what a brilliant conversation that was uh, such passion around what they're doing and commitment and hard work I, I mean just listening to it you could see how important it was to them i mean you could hear them so sort of, tiffany especially she was talking about some of the attitudes towards homeless people uh, that you see in here and and how angry that made her it's brilliant what they're doing as she said um, or as they said if you go to uh, Instagram, is the best place to keep an eye on what they're doing. That's Rene House underscore CIC on Instagram. Um, obviously, they need support to keep this going. They're always looking for people to get involved, as they mentioned. And if you're interested in uh, in helping out, you know, maybe you're interested in donating. If you go to renehousecic.com, uh, where you can find out a lot more about what they do, there is a donate uh, button on there, and you can use. Uh, paypal to make a one-off donation or you can even you know sign up to make a sort of monthly donation if if that appeals to you and obviously you know uh, if you happen to be a landlord listening and you're interested in working with uh, tiffany and theo again head over to their website and there's the contact details there it's great what they're doing and hopefully they can keep doing it and they can get the support and people behind them they need to continue growing and the work they're doing to help vulnerable people in nottinghamshire so that's this week's episode. Next week's episode is uh, focused on the upcoming Nottinghamshire Festival of Science and Curiosity. That's taking place 
uh, across various parts of the city as of the 12th of February, running to the 19th. Uh, there's, there's stuff going on at Snenton Market, uh, the libraries across the city, Wollerton Hall, Lakeside, Broadway, uh, Backlit Gallery, various other places. Um, so I had a chat uh, with Megan and Louisa, who were both involved in the organisation of the festival, to find out uh, more about the festival, its aims, you know, what's going on, what's worth checking out, the different kind of events they've got, whether it's family events, there's some late, great late night events, a brilliant Valentine's Day event, um, which if you want to check that out, because I think that's, that is selling fast, you know, head over to uh, check, find the Festival of Science on uh, Facebook, and there's links to how you can uh, book on that. That's a fantastic event. It's well worth checking out. We talk about that. And, uh, or, you know, in general, in sort of the importance of science and engaging young people in science and things like that. It's fantastic to find out more about that. Hopefully you'll hear that. And if you're not already planning to get along to some of the events going on, um, that might just encourage you to do so. And uh, what's more, it's much of it is taking place during the half term. So some great stuff you can do with the kids if that's what you're looking for. Because obviously, particularly this time of year when uh, the weather's not particularly pleasant. Other episodes we've got coming up, we've also got uh, an episode with um, Nottingham Lions Football Club, who are an LGBT plus friendly club. So we spoke to um, a couple of members of the, the club. They came along with a chat about sort of foundation of the club, how it got started, it's where it is now, how it's grown, some of the brilliant stuff they're doing. You know, they play all across the country and even in Europe in events. And, you know, why the club has been such a success and how it moves forward. That was a great chat. And uh, we've also got an episode coming up with uh, Purple Mamba, which you may know as the uh, Adult Swinging Club, which is based in West Bridgeford. And I had a chat to talk about sort of how they've dealt with, you know, this sort of the stigma attached to those kind of clubs and providing a place for, you know, consenting adults to enjoy themselves, which is how it should be. And I think that's a great chat that will be coming out in a couple of weeks as well. We've got more shows lined up and obviously everything we've done today is available at ngdigital.podbean.com as always on iTunes, Spotify and the like. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are going to be trying to push our Instagram, which is ng.digital. It's a bit of a barren wasteland at the moment, but we're going to be making more of that. And as ever, Twitter at ngdigitaluk, facebook.com forward slash ngdigital. Do get in touch. Please let us know what you think of the podcasts, who you'd like to hear on it. Please check out the work around our house are doing. It's fantastic stuff. And hopefully you'll be back next week for uh, episode 28, which is about the Nottingham Festival of Science and Curiosity. For now, that's it. And goodbye.